Welcome to episode 54 from the Shed End podcast with myself, T-Dart, as always. Theo, how are you doing? I think like every Chelsea fan feeling a bit of um, Monday blues this morning. Um, it was a bit of a rough day at Wembley, but like we were just talking about, I almost feel worse today than I did yesterday, having seen all the replays, having rewatched the highlights, having seen some still images of some of the decisions. But um, I'll get into it in a bit, but I'm still very proud of Chelsea and how they played yesterday. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. You know, it was, um, I echo uh, you know, pretty much everything you said. You know, it was a um, good performance. I think before the game, you know, very optimistic. You hear that Thiago is injured during the warm-up. You kind of think, well, that's a plus. You know, he, I think he would have been a massive, massive player for Liverpool. So to see him not be involved kind of got me thought, right, we can do this. And I, I thought we were going to be winning it. I thought we could win anyway. But to hear Thiago being out for me was, yeah. Um, but apart from that, I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm disheartened slightly, um, which like you said, we're going to get into. But um, yeah, yeah, difficult one to take yesterday. Difficult one. So let's start with the positives. Let's get the positives out of the way. Because there were some, there were, you know, brilliant performance um, from the players. But what was your thoughts initially? Um just on the game, obviously, you know, the atmosphere being there, the build up, there's a video that you posted, um, which is sort of kind of semi going viral at the moment. But what's your thoughts on the game? <laughs> no, overall atmosphere around Wembley, around Baker Street, it was buzzing. It was absolutely buzzing. Every Chelsea fan got into the mood for the game. They were optimistic. You could feel it. A lot of chance about being champs of the world. Thomas Tuchel, a beautiful day in London yesterday, blue skies. And um, just the overall atmosphere around Wembley, around the box park was brilliant as well. Met up with a few fellow Chelsea fans, um, got to see, get their reaction, their predictions. It was a good, a good day out, you know, nothing, there's always, it's always a good day out going to Wembley. It's a day's thing. You know, you spend the whole day around Wembley building up to the game. Um, but then obviously the, the actual result itself was a bit, a bit gloomy, a bit disappointing, more than disappointing, actually. I'm slowly getting used now to these walks back to Wembley Park Station with all the Chelsea fans and not, not even staying to watch whether it was Leicester lifting the FA Cup, Liverpool lifting the, the, the League Cup, Arsenal back in 2017 lifting the FA Cup. I'd always made a tactical escape from Wembley to get to the tube station as quickly as possible. But no, good day out. Um, we kind of know what our objectives are from here now. It's focused on top four, good Champions League run, and hopefully one last bit of silverware in the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. You know, I think it's um, it was definitely one that, you know, when you get to the final of the League Cup, the build-up before getting there, the third round, fourth round, beating Spurs, it doesn't, you know, obviously Club World Cup was amazing. Champions League was, but you get the League Cup and it's not high on the list of priorities for any, I'm assuming for a majority of Chelsea fans. Um, but when you get to the final, especially when it's Liverpool as well. Especially, especially Liverpool, exactly. You've got to, you've, I mean, and this is no criticism to the team, you've got to, you've got to walk away with that trophy. And we were very unlucky, very, very, I thought we started the game really, really well. Um, almost predicted the lineup, which I was very, very proud of myself for. Um, I think obviously Christensen's injury potentially didn't help um, two cause plans. I'm sure he probably would have preferred to have Christensen in there um, as opposed to Chalabar, who played very, very well. Um, we're going to get on to, to Chalabos shortly, but just in terms of how we started the game, it was very much, like I said, the front foot getting into Liverpool's, um, you know, defensive area very, very well. I thought we'd done that. Um, Pulisic, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just, I can't, I, I don't want to come in here and criticise any of the players because they played out their skin, you know, for the whole game. But it's those little moments when you've just got to be a bit more clinical in front of goal. 
and you've got to do something. And that was a prime example of why we need a, a Diego Costa, a drop ball, or someone of that level, that caliber. Even Eden Hazard, Hazard would have tucked, tucked that away, but just someone who can do that consistently a lot more for me anyway. I, I don't know what you think. Yeah, I mean, I'm never the type of Chelsea fan that wants to point the finger to one player in particular because just how Pulisic missed that chance in the opening couple of minutes which, where we were the better team, we were creating the more chances. Mount missed a few sitters, Havertz missed some occasions, Lukaku had a bit of a tame shot where he tried to flick it in. So there were more than a couple of players that... um and then, you know, take their chances, weren't clinical enough. And we are, like you mentioned, we're missing that big game player, whether it was Diego Costa, a drug burr, Hazard, a Lampard. And, um, you know, seeing all these Twitter debates, who was better, Salah, who's better, Salah or Lampard, um, Salah or Hazard back in the day. <laughs> Salah, Salah ghosted that game yesterday. He absolutely ghosted it. He, he did nothing. So um, I think we set up that debate, who's the bigger, you know, bigger game player. I'll take Hazard all day. But um, I thought we were, we, we were, we looked really sharp. We looked really, really sharp. As soon as Lukaku wasn't in that starting 11, I thought I knew we'd be playing that fluid football, which we played against Lille uh, midweek. I thought a Pulisic, Havertz, Havertz and, um, and Mount linked up really well. And like you said, in regards to the lineup, it was pretty predictable. As soon as Yech and um, Christensen were out injured, you knew that Chilobo would start. You knew that Pulisic and Mount would start. And big boost as well was having Reese James get some minutes ahead of the FA Cup game against Luton. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And just, I mean, just looking at the lineup here, um, you know, you, you can't really argue that. I was impressed with Marcus Alonso. You know, I thought he was I brilliant. Said, he was yeah, brilliant. Yeah, amazing, amazing performance. And I said before the game in the previous the, the preview to um, to the final, you know, you want to see Marcus Alonso play because that's his natural position. He can play there. I was very, very worried, and you've just touched on it in, in terms of uh, Mo Salah. You know, was he going to expose Alonso? Which I, I felt he didn't. He didn't do. He didn't do. You know, apart from scoring the penalty, um, he didn't really do much in the game uh, in terms of Salah. But I, I was impressed with Alonso um, back three, of course. Ch- Chalaba coming back in after that sort of injury and not really playing as much games. I thought uh, amazing. Um, a spear quitter as well. It was a shame that he had to come off. There were so many things that were going for us um, in in the game. We slowly let Liverpool back in, I felt, in the first half, which that worried me because, again, as I said, you know, you, you only have to give them one or two chances and they can score. And it felt as the game was going on in the first half, it just felt like Liverpool had kind of, they, they took the sting out of the game, they slowed the game down um, and allowed them to play a bit more of their own game. Yeah, uh, I thought every player played for a really, put in a really good shift. If I'm looking at that lineup, there's just two things in particular I thought maybe should have changed in terms, not not actual changes, but Kep has played every game up to that final. This is, you know, me thinking, talking to other Chelsea fans before kickoff. Yeah. Kelleher is the same. It was the same situation for him with Liverpool. He played every game, I think, to the run-up until that final. Klopp started him in the final. If I was Kepa, I'd feel really hard done by. You played every game. You put in some big, big saves, saves at the Brentford Community Stadium in the quarterfinals. Big saves again against Tottenham in the semifinals. And then you're dropped for the final. It's very, very harsh. Um, that being said, Mendy was man of the match. He was he was man of the match, but um, he was fantastic. He's, he's, I spoke about Salah almost ghosting the game. Mane, you know, had that one shot from the rebound from um, from Mendy, which proved to be a fantastic double save from Mendy in the end. But um, regardless of Mendy's performance, Kepa should have started. Yeah, Kepa should have started. It's a difficult one, and I, I, a part of me agrees with you because obviously. You know, he got us to the final. Um, you know, he got us there. He, I think I said it in the the, the preview um, 
you know, Kepa got us to the final. He pulled off some really big saves. If you think back to the second leg of the Spurs game, you know, and like you said, Brentford, he pulled off some amazing saves. I do understand why Mendy was in goal. I do get it. And and I understand it. You know, people will say he's the he's the number one. When I say number one, he's the first choice keeper for Chelsea. But you've got to also... I, I, it's a tough one. It really it is. is. I, it is a I tough one. I understand why he was in goal. I understand why Kepa came on. Uh, people are saying if Kepa didn't come, if Kepa started um, the game, he might have had a better chance of saving penalties. And, you know, Mendy could have, it's just, it's it's a lot of ifs and buts. And, and that's what worries me in terms of, you know, like we were speaking off, off, air, off, off, um, offline around the Twitter Chelsea fans and their reactions and stuff. Sometimes it just gets a bit like... We could say that, you know, Kepa would have pulled off, uh, you know, loads of penalty shootouts, but would he have made the double save with mm-hmm. Marnie? We don't, we don't know. So it, it's a tough one, but um, yeah. it's, a good, it's a good headache, I think, for Thomas Hugo to have, you know, in a way that you've got two quality goalkeepers in in, um, in one squad. That doesn't really happen at that level, no, the, the two level, you know, so it's, it's a good headache. But yeah. um, I agree with you to an extent, you know, Kepa got us to the, the final. It's very much like the, the Club World Cup. You know, I think I was having this debate with a with another fan um, the other day. I think Club World Cup was a bit different. Thinking back, because Mendy mm. got us to that Club World Cup final with his Champions League performances last mm. season. That's yeah, true. And whereas he just come back from Afcon for the game against Al Hilal, so Kepa yeah. started that. Then maybe Mendy started the would to start had to start the final. Uh, Kepa again in the League Cup, all those penalty saves in the shootouts against Aston Villa against Southampton at Stamford Bridge. I just felt he was, if I was a goalkeeper and I got to the final, I pulled off mm. all those saves, those penalty saves in the shootouts, the saves at Brentford, the saves against Spurs, I'd feel very, very hard done by. Yeah, I'm sure maybe Tuchel had a conversation with his two goalkeepers about the decision and mentioned if it goes to penalties, you'll come on. Mm. But it's, it's, a, it's a lot of ifs and buts, like you said, a lot of ifs and buts. And the other thing I was going to say about the lineup. Not not the actual lineup itself, but maybe one particular performance. And he definitely grew into the game as it as it went on. It's Chaloba, but early on, I felt he was allowing a lot too much too much space for um for Luis Diaz, and it was a bit worrying at times. As soon as Luis Diaz would penetrate inside the penalty box, Chaloba would give him just a bit too much space to do what he wanted. But um, he definitely grew into the game and. Do you, think, do, do you think that was inexperience? And I don't, again, I don't mean that in a, 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 a like criticizing Chalaba, but do you think that was just an inexperience, maybe a bit of nervousness as well? Because if you go back to the Premier League game, uh, the 2-2, he, he looked very nervous and not not inexperienced, that's the wrong word, because he's obviously, you know, he's a top top centre-back, but just in terms of, I don't know, he, just, he did seem a bit nervous, I think, in that game yesterday. And I, I felt that, if you remember back, I think the mistake for yeah for the, the Sa- Salah Mane's goal, I Mane's think it was. Goal. Yeah, it was a it was a mistake by by him then. So, do you think it's just maybe a little bit of an experience or the occasion? It was a big game, you know, big Wembley Stadium, you know, Cup final. Uh, but he did say he grew into the game. But mm. the start of the game, maybe a bit of nerves played yeah. played a part in it. He was a bit shaky, a bit wobbly, even in that league game back in January. But we know he's a fantastic player. And we have to remember this is his first season at the highest level of English football. He would have never faced a Liverpool before. He would have never faced a Manchester City before. He was playing in um, in France last season in pre-championship or League One two seasons ago. So he's a, he's a fantastic um, player. He'll only, he'll only get better in time and he has been in some fantastic performances. And like I said, he grew, in, he grew into the game and actually scored that penalty, you know, in the shootout. 
was I was impressive. I was I couldn't look at for his penalty because I had a feeling, you know, given the nerves, maybe building up to it, he was the one to miss it, and I was ready. Just that one, yeah, all of them. <laughs> I think there was a couple of players with Chelsea. I think Werner, Werner Lukaku, and Chiloba had some doubts, but um, Kante, Kante as well. He just never know what he's thinking in his head as well. Um, <laughs> but um, but no, he grew into the game, and he'll only get better. But um, yeah, maybe a bit of nerves given given the occasion and the actual stadium. You mentioned um, Luis Diaz, who for me is, he looks like he's going to be a, a massive problem for, for the Premier League um, defenders, especially. But he, I mean, he was a, he was someone who was definitely pulling the strings. Um, massive question marks around someone like Sadio Mane. Me and Klopp's very good at making those kind of signings. He did it with Jota, he did it with Diaz, kind of signings that go almost under the radar. And I think slowly, maybe a Diaz or a Jota will force Firmino out of the club, potentially. I'm not here to talk about Liverpool, but he is a, a fantastic player. And he looked really, really good, given that's probably only his third or fourth game in the, in the Liverpool shirts. Mm. Yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was a good performance by him. You know, I think we have to, to, to credit him for that. But um, let's, let's get on to some of the controversial stuff that we're obviously um, a part of and why we're doing this podcast today so we can get it out of the way but let's Liverpool Liverpool let's let's start with um, the disallowed goal for Liverpool should it have been disallowed yeah yeah Um, no no complaints I think it was Van Dijk who was pulling on um, Rhys James was offside I think that's what it went when I was in the stadium I couldn't see any replays of it but um Weirdly enough, I was so focused on what was happening behind me when Mat- Matip scored that offside goal. Mm. There were four Liverpool fans within the Chelsea zone who let off a red flare. I can't, I can't believe that. I, that I is... couldn't believe it even. You've you got to be absolutely brain dead at a cup final to let off a flare of your team's colour in the opposite fans' team section. <laughs> You said that you've got, you know, you have got to be brain dead. I think it's something that, you know, um, you know, this is why some fans just don't deserve to go to games because of, because of things like that. You know, it's, it could be dangerous. It can cause, you know, I don't want to say riots, but it can cause issues in the stadium, you know, cause, cause a massive fight. And it's just, it's just not, it's just not, it's, it's a stupid thing. And it, another thing it points out as well is um, the lack of security. And by that, I mean, the fact you're able to bring flares into, mm. into the stadium and things like that. You know, picturesque, it looks really good when, you know, you look at some of these like other, you know, Italian games and they've got the flares going. It looks mm-hmm. brilliant, but it's dangerous. You know, it shows there's no real security in terms yeah. of... I mean, I don't really mind the flare thing, but just don't do it when you're sat with the fans <laughs> of the other team. And even when you're talking about all those security problems, um, it was, I was sat next to my brother and I was his first game at Wembley since the Euro 2020 final when it was oh, in yeah, Italy. Yeah. And it was so much mess and controversy yeah. in the build up to that final after the game. That he was always telling me, like, I'm having weird flashbacks of being here, not, yeah. not good flashbacks, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, um, it can't be nice. It can't be nice. But no, the Matip goal rightfully ruled off, off um, for offside. And then um, from there, it was nil-nil again. But mm. the controversial decisions just kept getting, carried, going on after that. Let, let's talk about the big one, which for me... There are two big ones, two big ones. <laughs> the, first, the first of the two big ones. But okay. Let's talk about... Um, Nabi Keita on Trevor Chalabar. Now let's 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 do this first. Actually, let's say this is Granite Xhaka, and it's a tackle. Granite Xhaka's you know tackling Trevor Chalabar in the same way, same fashion. Everything's the same. Surely, bearing in mind it's Granite Xhaka who picks up a yellow card, 
almost every weekend, it's a red card. It goes to VAR. They send him off. It's it's a job done. Strangely for Liverpool, they got no, away with it. No not even a yellow. Not even a yellow. No, no yellow. Yeah, no, no yellow. How is that possible? And uh, we we're, we're probably sounding very biased, but even to a neutral football fan who supports any other club, surely you can see that is a red card. We're being biased, maybe, but then Jamie Carragher, who's diehard Liverpool, very unwillingly admitted that it was a red card as well. So um, even if you're biased or not biased, if you've got a brain and you watch football, I feel yeah. like you know it's a red card. And seeing some it's some some idiots on Twitter foot. trying to justify that he got the ball. No, but it's a high foot. Even if it's a, he got the ball, it's still yeah, a high yeah, foot. Yeah, and Chalaba kind of pulls out and then... Cater doesn't really pull out and it's almost the action after he slows down to make it worse in a way because then he plants his studs into Chalaba's groin area. Yeah, the fact he needed stitches tells stitches. you how bad yeah. of a challenge it was in the first place. But it, I, the fact it didn't go to VAR is probably what's more frustrating. No, it did go to VAR, but VAR didn't see it as a red card. So they didn't even bother to send them, um, Stuart Atwell to the monitor, which makes it worse in my opinion. That makes it worse. This is why I need to rewatch the game because in the, yeah. in the moment, it's, it's it's just it's it's more, that makes me even more angry. To be fair, because how can you go to VAR, see that it's not okay? So it's not a red card. If it's not a red card, you you need to downgrade it to a yellow card. But, I don't know. In, in, in my opinion, it's because any person, like I said, with a football brain, watches that and says, "Okay, that's a dangerous foul." Mm. And if, if I'm in the VAR room, Chelsea or not, I'm, I don't support, let's say I don't support Chelsea, I'll tell the referee, go review this for yourself because it looks dangerous. It could potentially be red. That, the fact is telling him to view it tells you that there's something to go and view. Yeah, exactly. So, so you know, he's but he didn't, they didn't do that. They didn't do that yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yeah. They just kind of looked at it on VAR in a room, but didn't even bother telling the referee to go review it. Sorry. So yeah, that's what I meant by yeah. it, it, when I say, yeah, he did go to VAR, but the referee Exactly. Yeah, that's right. yeah. To to um to so that's that's what I remember thinking. I was saying, you know, he, he hasn't even checked to see no, if yeah. it's a red or, or anything. So I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm I was shocked by that one. Um, you know, other I mean, like I said to you earlier this morning. You know, you go back to the, the Premier League game. Uh, Mane Aspiaqueta. It was almost <sighs> like for like. It was very much the same thing. You know, it was any other club. And again, I might be being biased, but any other club any other scenario that is a red card, he gets sent off and, and they're down to 10 men. 100%. Every single game we've played against Liverpool this season has been controversial and it's always favoured Liverpool. Yeah. It just yeah. seems to be a recurring theme when we play them and they, they always get away with things. They always get away with these type of decisions. Mm. And Cato was lucky. He was very lucky because not even that high foot on um, on uh, Chalaba, there was a, fl- a flick of his ha- elbow on Mount very early on. A couple yeah, yeah, of really high foots. So they could have easily been two yellows even before the red. With the Mount um, one as well. I don't even think the ref deemed it as a... Oh, he gave, he gave a free kick to Liverpool. Yeah. He gave a free kick to Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, if, if, if anyone who, who hasn't watched this game, please just go back. Don't watch the whole game if you don't want to, but just go onto YouTube or wherever and just find these clips that we're talking about. It's an, uh, You can see Mason Mount saying how is that not a foul to the ref? He says, he elbowed me. How is it not a foul? And the ref almost waves him away and says, oh, just let's get on. And I may be wrong again, but even for the Chalaba one, he plays advantage to Liverpool. I think he plays advantage to Liverpool while while Chalaba's rolling on the floor in pain. Yeah, it's not, it's, to have VAR in football, 
there are no, for me, there's no room for error. You can't have these many, okay, you can have errors. Everyone makes mistakes and computers aren't always the best, but to have this much um, protocol around refereeing and officiating and still we were better off without VAR. Honestly, then probably the next decision which we're about to talk about, the Lukaku one, the Lukaku offside, which in my opinion wasn't (laughs) offside. These imaginary lines that get drawn with big, thicker than Lukaku's armpit. (laughs) It's just, I could go to big run again here, but but no, like decisions like that almost made me want to get rid of VAR. I am all in favor of it because it does add a bit of safety and security into the game, knowing that for instance, Matip's header would have been allowed probably had VAR not been in place. But then when it comes to drawing these lines and, you know, millimetres, millimetres in it, then that's when I'm not in favour of it. It needs a big reviewing. I think I said this last summer and I'll say it again. It needs another big reviewing this summer. So there's yeah. changes that are made again, because I think they did make changes, even though I don't really see what type of changes were made. But um, I don't know what your opinion on is on that Lukaku offside, having watched numerous replays, having not been at the game and watched it on TV. But I, I think it's, I think it's, bollocks I'm going to be honest I'm just, I'll just i just say I'm not going to try and sugarcoat say it, it. Say it, say it yeah. no it is because I, I was reading this morning and I think I was listening to an interview somewhere that in the, the VAR room the image that they show on the they only get one image apparently they don't get multiple angles and if you look at the camera angle I still don't understand why you can't just have and I do understand why you can't because you can't have cameras all around the pitch or whatever, but surely there must be a camera angle which shows the actual, so it's literally eyes on. Mm. You can't have it in a diagonal. Yeah, sort of, almost almost go line technology type of yeah, camera where you, it's aligned. Yeah, you know? you've got to do something because the, the, the view that they're looking at it from, I don't understand how they can mm. come, because he, he could be offside. I'm not saying he's, for me, he's, a, he's, a, he's 99% onside, but there could be that 1% chance because of the angle, the angle it's, kind yeah. of looks like he's on, but he might be off. It's a weird one as well of the pixels of the screen. Yeah, even you kind of think some things look thicker than they are, or not as thick yeah, as yeah. they are. It's ugh, just definitely just reviewing that, that angle is not good enough to to say no. yes, he's offside. For me, he's on because if you look, like I said to you this morning, if you can see where Lukaku's foot is on the the sort of um, the actual pitch, you can see mm-hmm. the markings of the pitch. He's behind one of those lines. And I think, is it Matip? I can't remember who it is. Van, but who, Van Dyke, I think it might be. Is it Van Dyke? So whoever's there is is, uh, is ahead of him. Like, mm. I, I don't, it's, it's it's so clear. It's harder to get it wrong. <laughs> it's so, it's, you, 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 it's harder to, to come up with some bullshit to say, oh, it's, it's wrong. It, it doesn't, it, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's annoying. It's, it's the consistency of these decisions as well, because yeah. any other day, had it been, you know, in Liverpool's favour, they probably would have got the goal. I know they had something yeah. similar maybe last season, but it just, you just feel it always goes against teams that don't really get that luck mm. or that play Liverpool or play maybe in Man- Manchester United, or it's just, it's the consistency of the, the, the decisions and the actual Technology, I think, still needs a big reviewing. Mm. I think, I think we need to go back if we can't get VAR. Because I always say this, uh, you know, I watch a lot of uh, you know Italian football, French football, Spanish football, other parts of the country, and VAR works perfect. Mm. It works perfect. There's no issues. You know, they, they might get the odd thing wrong, but the majority of the time, the you know VAR is VAR. Even the Porto game, I was watching Porto um, last night and the highlights of that. And, it, you know, there was decisions in there that 
you could just tell they got they got it straight away. It was just just nipped in the bud. But over here, it seems like you know, you've, you 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 make a mess of something on purpose. Just for the attention and for everything, just in society, everything just you know everything's just wrong. But in terms of football, they've got to review VAR. Yeah. Um, the lines that they're using are just not good. It's just it's just a sham. It's a shambles. But um, for me, he's on side, uh, and we haven't actually mentioned Lukaku. You know, there's always a lot of talk. We criticise him. I thought he played really well when he came on. I thought he done yeah. well. Every single um, player played their parts. But you and Werner, yeah. I thought looked quite lively when he came on. Jorginho as well, probably for the penalties. Um, can't remember who else. Reese James as well was brilliant when he came on. He looked like he had been injured for eight weeks. Um, but Lukaku looked good. A few times I wanted him to have a bit more energy, a bit more movement. Mm. But that finish showed that he still has that confidence. He still has it yeah. in him because the eye angle was quite it. tight. Yeah. yeah, you don't lose it. But um, let's talk about Reese James because he, mm-hmm. you know, he came back. He's obviously been out for several weeks now. I think it's been you know eight weeks. Two, it's yeah, been eight weeks. Um, he looked good. You know, it looked good okay. to see him back in. He's, I think, again, he had a bit of a shaky start. Were, I think his first pass was a bit yeah. short. Um, yeah. I, think, I can't remember who too might be to, to Chalabar. I can't remember. But, um, you know, he, he got groomed to the game. You know, brilliant game to come into. I did say, potentially, it would have been a risk to start him if he's not yeah. fully fit. Um, but, you know, groomed to the game. It's good to see him back. I'm sure he'll be playing midweek to get some match fitness, but just overall, it looks good to, you know, to see him back in that, that pitch and mm. it might help Lukaku, you know, if Lukaku does come back into team or Kai Havertz, whoever it is up front, you know, those assists might come fl- fl- flying back in for, uh, for Reese James. Yeah. We, we both agreed before, before kickoff um, that it was too soon for him to start the game, but we wanted to see him get some minutes ahead of that Luton game to build up his match fitness. And like I said, I thought he was brilliant when he came on. It looked like he hadn't been injured for the last two months. I've really missed those chest controls that he does so nonchalantly from the other side of the pitch. And he grew into the game as well. Um, took a penalty, smashed it in. Uh, and for Lukaku, for Havertz, he's one of our most creative players, probably after Mason Mount or Ziyech. So it would be a huge boost, not just for for the team, but also the strikers that need the goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's good to have him back, you know. And I think, obviously, going in, already thinking about you know, next season, rest of this season. Now it'd be good to see him get back to that level of quality that we know he's got. And he can, you know, create, create a lot of chances for the strikers as well. But, um, just sort of going off topic a little bit, but I was, I was thinking obviously before the game, Ben Chilwell's not playing. He's obviously injured. Do you think we need to focus on that side that, you know, Alonso played really well. We've got Kennedy. Ben Chilwell may take another six to eight months. I'm talking, you know, middle of next season for him to get back to the level that we want him to be because of the length of the injury. Is that a position that you would probably focus on in the summer, trying to bring someone in that can potentially play both sides, left and right, uh, left left wing back, right wing back, especially if we lose Aspiaqueta as well? I still think the fact we didn't sign anyone in January is an indication that we probably still have our full trust in Ben Chilwell being our number one and one of Alonso Emerson being our number two, or maybe even Kennedy being that backup player that can fill in occasionally. We haven't really seen him yet mm. play for Chelsea since he's been called back from his um, loan in Brazil. But um, we've got three other players that can fill in in that position currently before the summer transfer window, whether they will stay or whether they all leave or two stay or one leaves, I don't know. But I wouldn't do anything too silly and bring in a player that is almost too good to sit on the bench. Mm. And then Ben Chilwell finds himself, you know, in that position where he, a bit like Loftus Cheek. Yeah, Loftus Cheek yeah. had that big, big long injury. And if we're honest, we we bought in all these players, kind of back from their loans. We bought in a, I don't know, I think 
Mount came in, we brought in Pulisic. Yeah. And now Loftus Cheek's kind of on the fringe of the team. Mm. It's it's sad in a way, but I don't really want to have that replicated of Chilwell because he's such a good player. He was so pivotal in that Champions League run last season, so good early on in the season. So I would um I wouldn't strengthen too much in the summer in that position. But maybe the Aspilaqueta, you know, coming to his end of coming to the end of his contract may um influence Tuchel's decision to maybe bring in another wing back. Mm-hmm. But then it just brings back to the debate we're having in January, who's out there that we could realistically buy. It's a, it's a good point. It's a good point. We'll have to we'll have to see. I do I do think it's going to take Ben Chilwell a lot of time. I hope it doesn't. I hope he comes back. He gets a you know um, I'd write off any any sort of idea of him coming back this season, uh, in my opinion. Um, and if he does, we're not going to see the best out of him. So a, a full summer of rehabilitation, come back next season. But let's talk about the penalties. We sort of talked about it already. But um, some brilliant penalties. Uh, I don't know. It depends how you look at it. Are they really good penalties or just the two keepers just didn't get get a sniff at saving one of the, the penalties I don't know but for me it was good to see that many penalties um, you know obviously penalties is the worst way to for me to um, to lose because especially how, how well we played but um, some good penalties there I thought they were good you know I was impressed with them yeah really good penalties I'd actually agree that we know how good Kepper is at saving penalties and the fact he didn't really come near any of them except maybe the Canate one Yes, that was the only yeah. one. He should, he should yeah. have saved that one. Maybe, yeah, his left hand was stretched up. But um, yeah. other than that, I think there were brilliant penalties, Liverpool ones and Chelsea ones. Keepers didn't really get a chance at saving any of them. Um, a couple of nerves for a few of the Chelsea players. I think Chalaba, Werner, and Lukaku in particular, maybe Kante as well. Kante. I wasn't as certain. But then seeing Silva and Chiloba scores there is probably indicate that we probably have been training penalties in, in, in practice and in training. Silva smashed his in the bottom left corner, I think. Um, what can't he do? You know, as a centre back, what he, can't he do? He, he was he was the one that really made me nervous because well, I didn't want uh, it to target, be him. Target Silva. Yeah, I didn't want it to be him <sighs> that missed the penalty just because of, you know, you just don't want him to... He's, he's, you know, you don't want anyone to miss a penalty, but for him and Kante, I thought if any of those two miss it, you thought, oh, I, don't, I don't want it to be there. I don't want it to be anyone, you know, you don't no. want to see anyone miss a penalty, but, you know, I said earlier on in the day, you know, you don't rely on your goalkeeper to win you a penalty shootout in terms of taking a penalty. Saving, yes, of course, that's his job, but, you, you know, we can't rely on Kepa to, no. to, to score. We should have won that game in 90 minutes. We had the chances. Um, you know, I felt like we played the better football throughout massive parts of that game. Um, I just think we were unlucky, you know, and, and just just a lottery of penalties. You know, you, you win some, you lose some, but, it, you know, it's just one of those things. It's the thinnest of margins, the penalty shootout. And like you said, had it not been Kepa, it would have been back to Milner and Alonso. And, yeah, yeah. And it would have been one of the other 10 players that would have missed or skied it or had their penalty saved. So um, it was a bad penalty, though. <laughs> it was an awful penalty from Kepo, let's, let's be honest. But it was. Uh, De Gea style against, was it Villarreal when he missed yeah, it? Yeah, it's yeah. almost yeah. identical to that. But, I think um, he's still in the air now, to be fair. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. But, no, but like you said, you can't expect your, your keeper, you can't rely on your keeper. I've seen a lot of keepers in preseason take penalties and smash them in. And just how, like, I've seen a lot of them sky them like Kepa did. I think Courtois was at Community Shield against Arsenal in 2017. I think that he skied guy, his, didn't he? Yeah, boy, so yeah. I think these, keep, these keepers go for power and up in the in the corners because that's how they it take their goal kicks. Like goal, yeah, it was almost like like a goal kick. And I mm-hmm. think that's just the technique and the mentality of being able to do that. You practice that day in, day out. It, it's just, yeah. it's just you know, rooted into your mind to do that. But... You know, I'm not. I'm, I'm proud of. I'm proud of the team. Yeah, I am. Um, I am. You know, I, I know there's a lot of banter and everyone flies it around, but um, you know, probably arguably one of the best performances um, 
bar the Premier League game that, you know, ironically against Liverpool, it was one of the best performances I think I've seen this season um, from, from the team. Um, just disappointing to lose in that way. You know, I think mm. if we could have won the Super Cup, the League Cup, got our top four, potentially win the FA Cup as well. We're still in the Champions League. So there's still a lot of positives to to think about as the season. It's obviously disheartening because, like I said at the start of this, you know, you go into a final against Liverpool, you want to beat Liverpool, but also you want the trophy as well. So, I, you know, it's disheartening, but there's still a lot to play for. You know, so much competitions for us to to, to look forward to still. You know, Luton in a week, um, top four, top four race as well. So, it's, 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 just, yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those things. And what really reassured me from that performance is so many pundits, so many football fans say there's Man City, there's Liverpool, and then down there there's Chelsea. That is a big gap between Chelsea and Liverpool. We didn't see that. In the three games we played against them this season, three draws after 90 minutes, and we've arguably been the better team in all three of those games. Ten men with one of them. Ten men in one of them, and Anthony Taylor in both of those games as well. (laughs) (laughs) So so it was 12 against 11. Exactly. So we've taken them to the end. We've been the better team. And I think it's just the consistency in these other games against the Burnleys, against the Brightons, those type of games where sometimes we fall back behind Liverpool. Mm. We're not as clinical with our, our finishing, our our players up top, but I'm really hoping now maybe Havertz finding a bit of form, Reese James going back into the team, those goals will come. Um, we just need to be, like I said, more clinical in front of goal. Mount take his chances, Pulisic take his chances, Lukaku take his chances. Any other day we're winning that game yesterday. Any other day yeah. we're winning it. Yeah. I mean, we, we should have, you know, we should, we should have. You look back and I don't know, if, again, I know you haven't watched the game, back, but Mason Mount, and I can't, I'm not going to sit here and criticise him because he's, to me, he's, arguably the te- the player that I would build my team around. Um, you know, he's one of those sort of players that is the future of Chelsea. Um, but they just, I just, I can't believe he missed. <laughs> I just can't believe. And it, he didn't have his best game. I will no. say that he didn't have his best game. Obviously he came off, uh, got substituted off, but he just didn't have the game that I expected to see from him. But, it's one of it's just one of those things, you know. I'm not going to dwell over it now. Um, kind of glad we recorded this today, actually, rather than tomorrow, because you know I want to start focusing now. At, you know, Luton, big game. You know, it's going to be um, in some ways a you know sort of sentimental game with the the recent news. Um, but you know, I'm looking forward to that game now. Big big game. Yeah, I can hopefully kick off um, what will be a, a run to the final for for Chelsea. I'm sure Kepa will play. And he needs to, I'm sure he hasn't lost that confidence, but it's a good game for him to get a clean sheet, prove that he's still good enough to be number one at Chelsea, maybe. Yeah. And like you said, from a sentimental perspective for Jamal Edwards, it will be a beautiful tribute, I'm sure, for him, his, um, the, club, the town he was born in and the team he supported. So yeah. um, big, big occasion for him, for his family and for both sets of fans. Yeah, and it's Wednesday, Wednesday, isn't it? Wednesday, so, yeah. I think 7.15, um, I think it is. Yeah, it's a weird, weird time. And mm. um yeah. So, um, yeah, but it's going to be a good game. I'm sure, you know, um, if we can, if we can get to another final, in fact, this is how we're going to end episode 54. I think I've asked you this question before, but I'm going to ask it again. <laughs> so obviously we've won Super Cup, Club World Cup. We were unlucky yesterday. We've got two trophies already. If we do win the FA Cup, all the Champions League, let's not forget, <laughs> we still, we still have, we still have an, op- an opportunity to win the Champions League. But let me change it. Let's just say we don't win another trophy. We've just got the Super Cup and we've just got um, the Club World Cup. We get top four. For Thomas Tuchel, is that a good season? If he gets top four? Yeah. 
I'd say given how the situation, the season's planned out with injuries that month of December with COVID cases and the fact he put in a very good performance in the League Cup final and depending on how he, where he reaches in the FA Cup, then I'd say yes. I would say yes, especially given how dominant Man City have been in domestically in the league. And um, it's just one thing that annoys me now is just how all the domestic cup finals we've gotten to and we've just underperformed in all of them. It's certainly going and annoying me about one, I think at Wembley since um, in a final since the 2017 FA Cup, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if I'm a bad, bad cast there because I've been well, going a lot. I just there's a Wembley cast yeah. and some, someone's responsible for it. But, yeah. um, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to get a ticket for Lille away on, on Wednesday and my record's going away <laughs> oh, from... My European record's not great either. So um, maybe, I should, <laughs> maybe I should just stay away from Chelsea altogether. But What, what was the... Um, yeah, but we've got... A, we've got a, oh no, there is no away goals anymore, is there? So no. Uh, I was going to say we've got a bit of an advantage, but uh, uh, we'd really sorry. have to mess it up um, to, to to get knocked out if I'm there or not. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, hopefully, you, I'll get a ticket and go. Um, it'd be a good game for you to get to as well, because obviously, you know, um, I know you've done did sort of European away games before, mm. um, so you've had some good good memories there. But you know, there's still a lot to play for, and I think it I think it would be from a club perspective and Tuchel's perspective, I think the two trophies and a top four finish with the injuries, with the COVID issues, I think it's a, a very good season. Yeah. I think it's a season that we've shown improvement. You have to remember last season, we scraped top four, I think last game of the uh, season against Aston Villa, although we I think we lost or we drew. We lost um, the Tottenham lost one, but we would have Tottenham. got in with the Champions League win. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, at the time we, did, we didn't yeah. know that. So it, we, we were thanking on. Gareth Bale. I remember we were thanking Gareth Bale, weren't we? That was it, yeah. So I think, um, yeah, in terms of... Um, you know, winning the Champions League, Super Cup, Club World Cup. We've had loads of injuries. You think we lost two key players, Reese James and um, Ben Chilwell. We've had the issue of Lukaku this season as well. There's a lot that has gone against us, but we've still been able to get to finals. You know, we've got trophies and a top four. And, you know, if you go and ask a, you know, a, a, a United fan or, you know, any other team, you know, they'd, they'd probably take that. Even Liverpool, you know, Liverpool fans would take, you know, winning off the back of winning the Champions League and winning the Super Cup, then winning the Club World Cup. They'll take that over that League Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last season, Liverpool, they, they were trophyless, but I think they were quite happy with their top four finish given the Van Dijk injury, the Joe Gomez injury. So it's similar to us, I suppose. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So there's still a lot to play for. Um, it's still a varsicle. So definitely <laughs> been a varsicle yesterday. So, um, you know, that's not going to be um, forgotten too quickly. But a lot of football to play still and uh, you know there's there's still trophies up for grabs which I'm sure we're going to be involved with hopefully so of course guys if you're listening on Spotify or Apple you can subscribe to the YouTube channel just search from the shed end Um, you'll be able to find us on there so make sure you give us a like and let us know your thoughts in the comments as well and vice versa if you're watching on YouTube make sure you follow us on Spotify or Apple podcast. So you'll be able to make sure you don't miss another episode of from the shed end, but this has been episode 54. Theo as always, I hate saying it on these kind of uh, podcasts, but there is a lot of football to play and we have to be upbeat, but, um, been a bit of a shit one (laughs) (laughs) let's be honest it's it's not been the best one but um yeah you know as always thanks for joining me this has been episode 54 um 55 will be out next week hopefully but thanks for listening everyone and we will be back next week